Alright, this is advice for new teachers. You're gonna edit this. Advice for new teachers. So, let me see if we can say a cuss word. What up? Welcome. Tyler here, TarverAcademy.com. I'm joined today by an expert educator, a licensed professional, uh, the Sultan of SWAT, the Colossus of Clout, principal, uh, athletic director, and hero among millions? I'd say. At least. At, At least. least. Joshua Harrison is here to talk to you guys about some tips for new teachers. It could be for experienced teachers as well. Could be. It could be. You've got options here. You can be a new teacher. You can be in your first year. You can be in your fifth year. You can be in your 50th year. If so, I'm proud of you for knowing what the internet is and, uh, and being able to Kudos. get it. <laughs> Kudos. Kudos to you. Uh, Grandpa Jeffrey. Um, leader of the grandpas. That's stupid. Okay, so we're going to talk about some advice we would give you guys for new teachers, um, or as new teachers. The first one is, when I started teaching, someone told me, an administrator told me, don't smile for the first six months. Don't smile till Christmas. I think what Josh was saying earlier. Yeah, I got that advice. Yeah. It was an old teacher. Yeah, it told was me an that. old teacher. Old teacher. She said, don't smile till Christmas. I oh. said, how come? And I smiled one day. And she, the kids took the room over. Yeah. And I realized at that point that's she was why, right. That's don't why smile she till said Christmas. That. That's why she said don't smile till Christmas. Plus I think she didn't like to smile. I think she was on the don't smile till retirement uh, plan. Yeah. She definitely she smiled at retirement. Yes. My advice to you is as long as you can control the room, let your personality show through. I'd say, us two, I'd say we have some personalities you don't see often in education. Um, because we, we joke around, we you know we, we, we have good rapport with the kids. You know I think I think we're fairly personable. Ballers. Yeah, I, you know I don't want to say it, but I feel like it was implied, ballers. right? It was implied. It was implied. It's implied. Implied baller. Implied baller. Uh, hashtag baller even. Hashtag I'm baller. I don't even know. I'm not going to jump to conclusions, <laughs> but uh, I just think that if as long as you are able to do what I'm going to point out as my second bit of advice, then it's okay to smile. It's okay to talk to the kids. The, the problem I think a lot of kids, the reason a lot of people say this advice is young teachers, when they first start, they're only, you know, they're usually, unless they're teaching lower grades, they're not too much older than the kids they're teaching. It's kids you legitimately could have been in the same school with, you know, if you're only four or five, six years apart as like a young 21, 22, 23-year-old. And so it's a lot easier to develop like more of a friendship relationship yeah. than like a teacher-student relationship. And, and that's, you don't want to lose that respect. Exactly. And I think sometimes when you smile and when you, you try to be too close or too friendly with your students and try to get on that wavelength with them, they want to take advantage of you. They want yes. to show disrespect, I think, instead of respecting the fact that you are a teacher, you are an authority figure, you kind of lose that a bit. So yes. you have to kind of build that relationship as a teacher student first before yes. you can show that relationship of um, kind of knowing more about that student. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Well said. Well said. With a good accent. Too. Thank you. No, no script. No, no script. script. We, have, we, have, we have the words yeah. on the dashboard. It's like blank. No We're script reading. zone. There's a no they script. No script zone. zone. No script. That's good. Thank you. That's Thank a good you. callback. I like that. Okay, so as long as... I, I really like how you said that. Put that the teacher-student relationship first, and then 
you know, you don't want to say friendship because that's getting too close, but that, that rapport will get there. Um, because they're going to see, it's a lot easier to work from strict to being a little more Mm -hmm. loose than it is to being loose and then trying to tighten it up. Oh, you can't tighten it up. You can't tighten it up. It's so difficult. Once you've given them freedom to do what they, you can't go back and say, now I need you guys to rein this in. Yeah. Don't act like that on a daily basis, but no, they found their limits and they're going to keep pushing those. So the tighter you make those limits early, the better once, you, once you let the cats out of the cage, sometimes you just can't put them back Sometimes in. you can't wrangle up those kittens. You can't wrangle up those raccoons once you let them out of the cage. Exactly, because they're fighting with the cats. That's you right. Let out, you let That's cats right. and raccoons. It's going to get dangerous. Chickens are getting eaten. Yeah, everybody going down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's how it happens. That's right. Okay, so the second bit of advice, and we, we touched on it here. My advice to you, make a firm line in what you'll allow in your classroom. Oh, no, sure. you can't predict every situation that's going to occur, every reaction from a student or everything that's going to happen. Um, but have that line and know that let the students clearly know when you get to this line, that's when we're not joking. That's when this, this, you will go here or this will happen or you'll have these consequences. Let it be clear to those kids and, uh, and stick to it. If you, if you bend on that, or if you let one or two kids go over, they're, they're all going to try to rush, rush those lines. It's oh, like, that, when, yeah, that's what I'd add to it. Be consistent. Yes. If you're going to do it, be consistent. You can't, you can't find Johnny Joe that's your favorite yeah. and you allow them to do something that you're not allowing the student next to do. Yes. You have to be consistent because you lose all respect from your students. You lose everything that you've built if you can't be consistent in your rules. Yeah. If you have certain things that you say, this is my criteria, you don't follow through, this is what's going to happen, and you don't do it, they're not going to believe a word you say. Oh, yeah. And they're going to use that every chance they get. Well, he did it, or he did it. And then you're going to be like, well, he did do it. You know, I let him get away with it. And so it's a lot harder to, to justify something if you're not consistent. It's like when you're drinking ice and you're trying to get out one or two ice and you've got the thing up here and then you like tap it to get like one or two, but then it all just <laughs> hits you in the face, oh, you know? It messes your mustache up. Every time. Oh, every time. Gosh. See, mine isn't as bad. Right. You, I just oh, got passed. Hey, hey, you got passed. What is, I guess this vehicle, they're Flintstoning it because they're going very slow. Goodness gracious. He's old guy. Poor little fella. Poor guy. Um, okay, so draw a firm line. Um, what I used to do was I had, I had a very structured discipline system. Um, I had some papers that had like incident reports and if a kid was acting up, they knew I just put their initials on the board. I wouldn't even stop teaching. I put their initials on the board. They'd either notice it or if they're doing something where they're not paying attention, another kid would be like, hey, your initials are on the board because they would always tell each other. And so it would just kind of correct itself. Now, if they took it past that warning, I had a form that they filled out. I'd still continue teaching. I did not disrupt my lesson because of a student. I'd go grab a form as I was teaching, set it on their desk. It was like a different color. It was like, I think a pink form. And uh, it was like a piece of paper that I just ran copies of. And it had the date, time, their name. Had They had to write about what they did, um, how they could have prevented it, and what they're going to do to keep it from happening again. Is that called the I pity the fool form? I pity the fool form. I pity the Mr. fool. T, yeah, Mr. T, I pity, T, I pity the, fool the fool form. That's pretty solid. I, I like it. I, if I was in the back in the, if I go back in the classroom, a little stamp, Mr. T on it. I pity the fool. And that's I'm gonna stamp it every time. That's what I do. So, and I give them those forms, and I told them, you're not, you're not in trouble. Nothing happens. This goes on file. So all they do is they have to fill that form out before they left. Now, they got a warning. They got the form. If they go another step, they fill out another form, and they have detention with me. And if for some reason they go another step past that, I just send them to the office. And those are my lines. Four steps, very clear. Kids knew the procedure. And I did that because one of the big things for teaching is keeping documentation. When that parent comes up after little Johnny 
um, has gotten sent to the office four times, and he's like, why is he, why is my son going off? My son's a, a prince. He's never, <laughs> who calls her a prince? That's weird. Princess. I, little John someone Ant. over in Saudi Arabia. Exactly. He's, a, he's prince. a prince. Yeah. He's a prince. Well, he's got the money to, to get true. into whatever school he wants. Let him get it, whatever. Goodness gracious. Okay, so he, um, I would just say here, here's, yes, he got sent to the office four times, but here is in Johnny's own words what he was doing wrong in class, what he should have been doing, and what he should have been trying to do afterwards. And so it really takes you off the hook as the disciplinarian because the student is saying, I did this wrong. I should have done this. So it's very, very nice, especially when it's a teacher conference. And I think if you add, you kind of look at the, uh, the aspect of an administrator. From an administrator's point of view, now that I've gone from a teacher to administrator, I see the fact that most administrators appreciate teachers that handle their own discipline. Yes. Because uh, when I have to come in and I have to take over, then I have to start making decisions that maybe that teacher wouldn't normally make because I have to make assumptions of what happened. You know, yes. we're going to 100% stick behind our teachers. Yes. But we want to make sure if a teacher controls their own environment, we don't really have to step in unless it's something major. Exactly. And so, um, you know, I think if you can handle your environment, you set strict boundaries, you stick by them, you be consistent, then um, you will have less referrals to the office because oh, yeah. you handle that stuff yourself and they know exactly what's going to happen if they do something wrong. Exactly. And, and when those kids know that expectation, they, they rise to that level or they, they, they meet that level. Yes, you'll have some stray ones that will go off the hinges or do something they're not, not stray expecting. Stray raccoons. Well, stray raccoons will get out of that cage, huh. but it's, it's, it's going to be less of a consistent problem because whenever, as administrator, if we get a ton of from the teacher, we see, oh, they can't really handle students very mm -hmm. well. They're, they're just sending them to us anytime there's anything at all. Or if we never get one from a teacher, a lot of times we'll think, well, either they're really great at management or they just let them do whatever they want and they never send them, right. which hopefully it's the first one. But I'm not saying you should send them just because you haven't. But a, a small stream, I would recommend... If you had to send like a couple kids a semester, that's that's normal. Mm -hmm. I would say that's that's even maybe a low amount, but that's what I used to send because I did try to handle all of it myself. And then, like we said in the first point, if you work out that rapport, that authority figure, and then that rapport, you'll have a lot less classroom management problems. And plus, if the kids are occupied doing work, yeah. there's a lot less chance of them yeah. goofing around. If you're letting them sit there and waste 10, 15 minutes, they're going to find something to occupy the time, and it won't be doing classwork. Well, and there's several of them that they, they learn what it's going to take for them to get kicked out of class, yep. and they'll push that boundary if yep. they know you're just going to immediately send them out, send them out, because they exactly. don't want to be in there. A lot of kids don't want to be in the classroom. That They want that attention. They want to get sent, some reason to get sent out. So... You know, sometimes the best thing to do is actually keep them in the classroom, but, you know, manage them other ways with the writing assignments, other yes, things like that. So. Exactly. And don't let it look like busy work because then uh -huh. they'll, they'll be ticked. But yeah. make it apply to what they're doing. That's awesome. Excellent. All right, last thing I want to hit you with. Um, as a teacher, you know, as, as a student, I was I was, I was would say I was fairly, like I was above average. I'm not saying I was gifted, but I was above average when it came to intelligence. I was in classes with other kids who were like me. They cared. They goof around, but they care about their grades. They do their work. Well, that's they, for sure. Yeah, and then whenever you get to be a teacher, you might have some classes with kids that you never even knew existed in school that just don't care or that they don't get it or they're, they're grades behind where they should be. And so whenever, whenever you are working with them and they're trying, you're going to have kids that are way behind what you expect. Be prepared to exhibit high degrees of patience in which you may not have had to do before. You might think as a, going in as a teacher like, oh, I'll just get to stand up there and I'll say all this in such a great way all the kids will get it and they'll go, oh, I get it. 
but then you might not anticipate that you have half a class that didn't get that standard last year because of a teacher or or they missed it because they weren't paying attention or anything could have happened. You're going to have kids that do want to do well but just don't get it or are missing something that they need to proceed forward. And I just I recommend being patient with them. Well, in the same, in the same boat, you have to be willing to... Um to be flexible, to modify and yes. adjust, because you're going to find that, that sometimes your lesson's just bomb. Yeah. Your lesson may be terrible, and you don't realize it. You think, oh, I've planned a great lesson. All of a sudden, you go through it, and your kids are like, I don't get it. You have, may have to reteach that lesson another way. That A majority of them get that. Yeah. Not everybody's going to learn certain styles, so you got to be willing to be flexible. So I think, you know, on that point, don't be patient. Be flexible. Be willing to take some chances. I'd rather see a teacher take some chances with some creative ways to get to their students rather than always just one method because Routine. not everybody's going to get that same method. Exactly. And the more you mix it up, the less boring your class is going to oh, be. Oh, for sure. Those kids are going to have less classroom management problems because mm -hmm. they're excited to see what they're going to do or they're too busy learning what they're doing or how they're doing or figuring out how to do what you expect of them that you don't have to worry about them acting up because they're spending all their effort and energy trying to do what they're supposed to do. Right. Sometimes so, you give them a little bit of a hand in what's going on. They oh, have yeah. a chance to come up with some ideas of what's going on in the classroom. Man, it keeps them busy. That's it keeps a great them excited. Method, yeah. Big time. And yeah. that's, if you're, if your state employs uh, tests or Bloomboard or any of that stuff, then you know that with the test domains, that's a four. If those kids are coming up with stuff yeah. and those kids are creating and doing stuff, that's like, like three is great teacher four is phenomenal teacher and so whenever you can train your students to think that way and to want to create and want to have a hand in their learning i mean you're you're going to be hitting all the points with their learning with their involvement with le less classroom management issues mm -hmm. and then also with hitting the four They're, and, and i think your rigor ends up getting higher because they really start thinking for themselves exactly i mean that's great i think we just figured out education yeah what do you think and we use the word rigor we use the word rigor and it's always good it's to always use the word good. rigor i had a facilitator at my old school they always go yeah but is the rigor there and so after she'd leave it all joke said, around who's the rigor and who's who, the rigor where did it come from was well, the rigor it sounds like yeah. something you'd use when you're like climbing a mountain or something yeah oh, is the rigor tightened yeah that's when you know it's winnie the pooh's friend <laughs> winnie the pooh's rigor <laughs> rigor rabbit it's rigor uh, roger rabbit that's not no, winnie no, the pooh no. Sorry. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Education in Education. Here, Joshua Harrison. Josh, where can they find you on social media? Uh, you know, you find me at Minor Coach Twelve. Minor Coach Twelve. That's right. ER. ER. Minor ER. with an ER. Coach yeah. Twelve um, on all social media. So awesome. Hit me up. Check me out at TarverAcademy.com. Subscribe. Hit a review. Appreciate it. Peace. Thank you. Yeah, that was really good. You did a good job. We should do that every week. We should do it. Let's do That's it. That's fine. That was fun. good. You know, I had the other day, I had a hot caramel monkey.